This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Good morning, New Zealand, and welcome to all my listeners at Access Radio Taranaki, Coast Access Radio, Radio Hawks Bay, Arrow Radio Masterton, and I'm your host, Neville Wallace, broadcasting from Hara for the next 30 minutes. On the show today, I have three guests, and they are Philip Duncan, Barbara Kurika, and Jim Hopkins. So let's hear more from a very well-informed Philip Duncan on weather matters, and he'll start with more information on the weather and a little bit more encouragement of how to avoid melanoma, which could be bad this summer. Well, good morning, Philip Duncan. Back from a long sojourn down the west coast of the South Island. How's things picking up on the North Island weather-wise? Well, it's been very windy. Um, you know, certainly windy. We've had uh, all the spring blasts. But I've got to say, just the last few days, it really feels like the spring warmth has kicked back in. And I'm not using my heat pumps um, very much. I put one on last night, and about 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, this, I don't think I need this on. It feels too hot already. So um, I think that's a good sign that we're, we're usually past the worst of spring by about now. I don't want to jinx it, but usually by Labor Weekend, you're getting out of the worst of it. it the worst of spring is often around late September through to about mid to late October. So I'm hoping that that big storm we had during the general election a couple of weeks back, that was the main one, and now now we're starting to see a bit more uh, sort of a settled pattern coming in, although don't get your hopes up that it's going to be magically calm anytime soon, but just not quite as stormy maybe as it has been. Yeah, Philip, uh, have you prophesized or forecast a tropical storm up there, and that was yesterday. What will that be doing by uh, Wednesday next week? Well, it's interesting you're saying that. I'm actually looking right now uh, at a weather map uh, showing it, and it does look like it could be quite an intense tropical cyclone. It's very early in the – well, it's not very early, but it is early in the season. The cyclone season actually doesn't officially start – uh, until the 1st of November. So it's a bit like a due date for a baby. Um, it's not exactly always written in stone. You know, it can, it can move around. But at this stage, Wednesday, uh, it does look as though Port Vila, Vanuatu could be exposed to the first tropical cyclone of the season. But it's also worth pointing out that it is the reason why November first is the date is because from after that date, the weather conditions become more ideal. Now, it's warmer than average in the tropics in the sea at the moment, so that's the reason why we're probably seeing this very early cyclone. It was something that a lot of forecasters thought was possible uh, this year, but the the reason why it's a little bit interesting is because it's it's so early that the conditions around New Zealand aren't very favourable. There's a lot of high pressure between us and the tropics, which means that this storm may well form, may well become quite dramatic, but then very quickly fall apart as it runs into what we call wind shear, which is when high pressure basically cuts the top of the head off the storm up in the atmosphere and so turns into a headless chicken and falls apart, which is a terrible analogy, but you're a farmer, so you won't, you won't take offence. No, I won't be either. Well, Philip, that's a good summary of the weather, but the weather controls a lot of other things, and I'm thinking of UV because I'm always looking for those bloody cancerous spots, melanoma. 
Yeah, well, um, in my column this week in Farms Weekly, uh, on the back page there, I wrote all about UV rays because um, one of the Agri-HQ reporters got sunburned the other day in Taranaki, uh, just up the road from you in northern Taranaki, and she was out doing some fishing um, with her, on their farm. They had a little stream there, and they were just catching fish. And uh, she said it was windy but sunny, not overly warm. Came back into the house, and first thing she saw in the mirror was a red nose, red chin, red forehead. Couldn't believe she was sunburned. And it's a worth it's worth reminding that New Zealand is one of the worst countries in the world for UV rays, and it's not our fault. It's to do with the northern hemisphere and the pollution in the planet, and the way that it, the world spins. It just happens that the hole in the ozone layer, which has actually shrunk a huge amount now, and closes up. But it's much thinner, the UV protection in our part of the world. You only have to fly over to Australia, very short distance, three hours, two and a half hours on a plane, and you get much better protection. But New Zealand is vulnerable. So at the moment, our UV rays are moderate, which you'd think, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. But actually, that's that's what most countries in the northern hemisphere would get in the very peak of summer because they have so much pollution protecting them, which is a weird thing, but pollution's a good thing in their sense. Uh, so for us, it does mean that we have to kind of think that we are already now at the peak of summer uh, UV rays, but actually over the months ahead, they get even worse. So that means as of now, we should really be treating the sun as if it's the middle of summer, even though it's not always hot. And so simple things to do, stay in the shade as much as you can, wear long sleeve shirts and a hat when you're outside in the sun, which can be a bit tough when it's a hot day, but the other option is to put an umbrella over you. But you really should do something. I know New Zealand men, I'm a bit the same. We're all a bit like, oh, she'll be right, can't be bothered, it won't make a difference. But actually it really does. And moisturiser with SPF in it is probably the easiest thing you can do because I absolutely hate suntan lotion. I hate the smell of it. I don't like the feeling of it. And if you read Consumer Magazine, half of them don't work. So you're better off to actually just have moisturizer because it does two things. It looks after your skin and actually can stop some skin cancers. And it also can protect you from further damage. And it also feels good. You get addicted to it after a while. So be a manly Kiwi bloke, uh, but nothing wrong with also chucking a bit of moisturizer in the cab of the ute or the tractor having it at home and getting into a habit of doing it three times, you know, do it in the morning, do it at lunchtime, do it at the end of the day. And I, I, I think it will make a difference to you in the long run. I'm not a medical expert, but certainly that's the advice I've heard over all the years from doctors and from those who deal with UV damage. And moisturizer with SPF in it is the, is the easiest thing you can do to look after yourself, apart from being out of the sun. And the other thing you didn't touch on there, Philip, was reflected sunlight that comes off the water surface and blooming. Yeah, that's right. You can be out in the water and, and enjoying, you know, your day and, and you know, getting sunburned the whole time. And temperature is a, is a real temperature and wind are the things that can really surprise people. And so, you know, that's why people get burnt on boats because you got the breeze. You don't feel like it's that hot. It's quite a refreshing wind. But the entire the wind doesn't make any difference to UV rays. That is just radiation <laughs> coming straight onto your skin. Doesn't matter how windy, cold it is, um, it's radiation. And so you got to think of it like that. Radiation is not good. It's like cigarettes. And so um, 
yeah, the more you're exposed to it, the more damage you get to your skin. And I don't say that as a as a someone lecturing people. I hate people who tell you all those, you know, don't do that, don't do that. Watch your following distance in the car, like the radio announcers always say. <laughs> but look, to me, this is this is just common sense. And New Zealand men are very blokey, and we don't like to sort of uh, sounds a bit girly putting on moisturizer. But to be honest with you, it could be the it could be make a real difference to you, even if you're in your eighties now. So uh, well done, thank you for that, Philip. We will do an update from a very relaxed barbecue as we both discuss local and international rugby and other local matters. Good morning, barbecue. Almost congratulations, and has the mood of the farming community lifted? Oh, absolutely, Neville. Good morning. It was. Um, it's been an interesting week actually because um, not only has the level of the farming community lifted, but even you know driving around uh, smaller places and you know New Plymouth, Te Aumutu, or whatever, you get a lot of toots from people. I mean, everyone's just a bit happier uh, than they were before. Uh, so it's quite good, and we've got to wait another couple of weeks yet to know uh, how the special boats will go. But, um, look, in terms of the farming community, whether it's two parties of National and Act or whether it's three, uh, the farming community will be well supported. So I'm sitting here pretty comfortable, actually, both from a personal perspective and also from um, a, you know, um, the whole sort of uh, makeup of Parliament perspective. And I do give some thought to those that have left. Uh, some of ours left by choice and, and some others actually left because uh, they didn't win. Um, but I, you know, we had a lot went out last time. The tide went across and now the tide's gone the other way. And so, you know, we're all, uh, joyous, but I do know what it's like for that team to get, uh, when some, when a team gets wiped out because, you know, we went through it all in 2020 and, um, you know, you lose good friends out of the place and, um, but you know, that's democracy. And we are really, really, really lucky to have democracy in this country. Uh, as much as we like to grizzle and moan sometimes about things that go on uh, in Parliament and in Wellington, actually we're very lucky that we don't live in a place like uh, Palestine or Israel. And um, I remember my predecessor always saying that the Taranaki King Country electorate is bigger than the state of Israel. And I've never thought about that more since I've been the MP as I have in the last um, couple of weeks because I've got the freedom to go anywhere in the 263 kilometres from Stratford to Narawahia, out to Raglan, out to Kafia, almost across to Tamaranui and everything in between and, and, and the Forgotten Highway. And uh, we live in such a safe, relatively... I mean, you know, we've got a bit of crime, but, you know, we don't live in one of those war-torn countries and we've got a good democracy and I think um, we should all be counting our blessings, actually, as well as the result. And the other thing we need to count our blessings for is that... Uh, last week, uh, the Taranaki Bulls got in the uh, semi-final of the NPC, uh, won the semi-final of the NPC. Then we won the election. Then the All Blacks won. And I've uh, just before uh, talking to you, I've just come off watching uh, the All Blacks game against Argentina this morning. And uh, 44-6 is a pretty good effort. Seven tries to nil uh, or to no tries. There was two penalties on the other side. But um, I have to say... I've got good friends in Argentina, so I was messaging them before the game and, you know, hoping like anything we'd win. I've sort of spared a thought for the Irish this morning um, and that um, I think uh, they, I'm glad the All Blacks won last week, but I'm really probably a bit 
disappointing that I think the Irish were sort of robbed by the roster. Um, and, you know, it's a shame that they weren't there to put up the battle in the semi-final like they put up in the quarter-final last week. But having said that, we know what that's like too because I sat in Cardiff in 2007 and there was a lot of sad faces that <laughs> night. So, you know, things go in swings and roundabouts. doesn't matter if it's um, politics or if it's rugby. Um, it's all the same. And so, But I've got another uh, extremely important game to go to this afternoon because... Um, the NPC final where the Taranaki Bulls are playing the uh, Hawks Bay Magpies and uh, it's a home game so I've bought myself a ticket I'm going to go and sit, um, sit at the grounds and uh, do some cheering for uh, Taranaki so it'll be um, be a great afternoon hope the score comes out on the right side but I'm sure it's going to be a good game uh, whichever way it goes so so yeah it's been an interesting week started off had a bit of a breather on Monday and then on Tuesday uh, got all dressed up early in the morning, went to the airport, uh, got on a plane to go to Wellington, and the weather down there was so bad, I couldn't land. Turned round and came back uh, again, had a good uh, wow. chat to the person in the seat next to me, landed back in New Plymouth, uh, stayed all dressed up, came home and did uh, my caucus meeting by Zoom. Uh, so I didn't uh, get to um, get be with my colleagues, but I did see them all at the end of a Zoom meeting. So that was a bit of a shame. And um, but it's been um, it's been a good week. I've just been. It's really nice after an election because you can go out and do all the thank yous and go out and have coffee with people that have helped you. And I've sort of been setting up afternoon teas throughout the electorate because it's so big you can't get everybody uh, to the same venue. And so just going around doing my thank yous and it's a really 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 nice time you know and just people sort of say oh can I see you can I see you and it's just having this opportunity to go oh yep three o'clock tomorrow will be good you know just putting in a few things uh, while we're waiting for the special votes to, to be counted because I'm pretty sure uh, the throttle's going to go down once they're counted and we won't uh, see daylight between uh, the time Parliament sits and about Christmas Eve probably because there's quite a lot of things to do but it's just the calm between the storm. Um, it's been good to see a bit of sunshine at times as well, despite my awful flight to Wellington. Um, that sort of puts a smile on farmers' faces too. Um, and the 50 cents while you're away, Neville, uh, the extra 50 cents that uh, Fonterra announced in the forecast, uh, you know, that's things were looking pretty grim there a little while ago, oh, yes. but um, there's just that edge up, and I did go to a Fonterra meeting one night, and you know, we all hold our breath when China stops buying, but I think there's a time limit to that. They've got a lot of uh, supply on hand from when they uh, locked everybody down uh, and literally locked people in their apartments and they couldn't go out. So they've got, they had a bit of a, a supply of milk powder that they needed to move on. Um, and then um, they, there's the tariffs are coming off on the 1st of January. So I think there'll be a few people that are just holding their purchases off until that happens. So I think from a dairy perspective, uh, it could recover 
you know, don't want to put too much hope in people's no. heads just at the moment too quickly. Um, but I do think, um, other than, you know, the atrocities around the world, the, the China situation looks like it's picking up. Uh, and so I think, you know, we could be on the front foot again and um, uh, that, that'll be really cool. So so that's sort of been my week, Neville. Um, oh, you know, nice. just, um, just just basking in um, exactly. enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. just basking in enjoyment mm. and going, yay, that's so cool. So yes. looking forward to representing Taranaki King Country for the next three years and, um, you know, seeing what else comes with that. Oh, thank you and well done, Barbara. Let's go south and catch up with Jim Hopkins and discuss politics and the lifetime achievements of Sir Tim Wallace. The time of the week when we learn more from the Bard of the South, Jim Hopkins. Good <laughs> evening, Sir Jim. How are you? <laughs> the Bard of the South. Goodness me. <laughs> I've been promoted. Um, I'm fine. I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm fit as a fiddle. Ain't <laughs> yeah. a little. But you're not orchestrated. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something poetic to sort of offer you, but I can't come up with anything much oh, better than that at the we moment. We won't worry about that, but uh, uh, has the public morale been lifted by a change of government, Jim, or a proposed? Well, well the answer is, I mean, if you sort of tally up all the people who, uh, I mean, basically the vote sort of seems to have got, well, um, You've got all. You've got the minority parties, but I'm just trying to think. Uh, uh, what have we got? We had Labor 26, um, Greens. What were the Greens? 13, uh, 12. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, somewhere about that number figure, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would take that up to 40, and Maori Party to three percent. Um, so essentially, uh, something close to 60 percent of the country. Voted for a change, um, and obviously the pre- uh, predominant parties to benefit from that were National and Act uh, and New Zealand First. Um, so, I mean, I, the answer to your question is yes. I suspect um, I mean there'll be disgruntled and unhappy people, and I've uh, I've heard already Marama Davidson's banging on about changing the treaty being political violence, and somebody else has said that. Making game patches illegal is a breach of human rights, and somebody else. Oh, there are a few people girding their loins for big, big fights and justifying the electorate and the incoming government for be, for essentially um, uh, triggering what they're clearly planning, which in some instances is quite aggressive um, protest if certain things that they don't like are enacted. Um, Mind you, that's, you know, everyone, you've, you've got a whole bunch of hand-ringers on national radio, Ooh. otherwise known as the Green Party at prayer, who sort of <laughs> constantly, constantly focus on, um, you know, right-wing extremism and, um, and fake news and so on, and right-wing um, hostility. But in fact, some of the most violent protests recently have been from the left. You think about the way Posey Parker was treated when she came to New Zealand. Exactly. And there've been other, and uh, there've been other instances as well where, um, you know, it's been the left that's uh, that's resorted to, um, you know, intolerance and 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 aggression. Um, which uh, I suspect, uh, you know, a bit further down the track, assuming some legislation, le- legislative change does actually happen, 
I'm sure, I think um, I think may well um, happen uh, again, but time will tell. Time yeah, will tell. Uh, yeah. We must be philosophical and optimistic. Yeah, and at the moment, I think to go back to your question. Yes, I think there is a. Uh, I think public morale has been lifted. Uh, the All Black results have done a huge amount in that regard as well. And can they beat the box? And what do you think, Dave? You're a you're a former junior All Black, weren't you? Or were you? Um, <laughs> yeah. I never a junior one. Got hurt at a very young age and I sort of take more of a sideline position nowadays. There's some bigger blokes around than I was. And same with you, Jim. And man, oh man, it'll be the survival of the fittest. You think so? Yeah, yeah. So who do you think you have it? Do you, you care to venture a prediction? Oh, well, I, I got my money on the ABs, but uh, who knows where that ball will twist, flick, bounce on the day. Well, I was watching, I watched the uh, the England South Africa game, and I found myself um, un, unusually going, go England, go England, because I thought, blimey, if they actually do win this, and um, up until the 70th or 73rd minute or 77th, 76th or 77th minute, I actually thought they could and would. And it did occur to me that, um, in fact, the All Blacks would, would beat them with one hand tied behind their backs. But, I mean, equally, if, if the same Springbok side turns up on Sunday, next Sunday, that, uh, that actually played England, I think we'd have a reasonable chance against them as well. Well, I think we might. Now, let's move on to something more valuable to the... I speak here as a former Canterbury E-grade hockey rep, Nev, so I know my sports. (laughs) Good on you, good on you. Jim, uh, you were closer to Wanaka and Tim Wallace than what I was, and you would have read more in your local papers. What has that man achieved in his lifetime? Because I've had a quick scan of his history... He was re- was responsible was responsible for the Wanaka Air Show. Oh yes, absolutely. Not to mention yeah. the, was it Warbirds over Wanaka? Warbirds, yeah, Warbirds over Wanaka. Oh yeah, look, Tim, Tim's amazing. Um, I, I've gone to um, I think all of the Warbirds over Wanaka, certainly um, going right back to the last century. Um, uh, just amazing, amazing events. I actually commentated an air show off in um, Omaha and Blenheim, but not the Wanaka one. Uh, but yeah, Tim was the founder of that. He was also really the um, the guy who actually pioneered the buying of um, or the acquiring of uh, wrecked aircraft from Russia because he was part of the um, right. part of the sort of trading group that was dealing with the Soviet Union and. Or back in the days before, you know, pre-Gorbachev, I think. Um, and a lot of the time they couldn't necessarily pay their bills or not certainly not entirely pay them with cash. And I think, you know, swapping aircraft and also things like bringing scooters in and so on um, was a – so there was a bit of barter going on and a bit of exchange of goods rather than, than dollars. And um, he had a lot to do with that uh, – with that restoration and rebuilding of those aircraft and showing the Monica Russia, many of them, of course, have now been sold um, to collections overseas. He also um, had a lot to do with uh, live deer recovery in the whole venison industry. He had a, a big deer venison farms himself, and he was one of the early helicopter guys who actually um, captured uh, wild deer 
and used them to create breeding herds. Uh, and he did that um, on his own farm and, and, and also acquired an awful lot of deer for other people. But, um, yes, yeah, so Tim, uh, and, of course, he was an absolutely crazy pilot himself, loved flying. And uh, he, I think even after he put that Spitfire into the paddock and did himself some very serious injuries, he still kept on flying um, occasionally, whether he was allowed to or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, but oh, yes, you're absolutely right, an astonishing man, astonishing man, huge contribution to New Zealand and, yeah. and creator of one of the world's great air shows. If, if you haven't been, you've got to go. Take Mrs. Nev on next Easter. Well, bring her down, yeah. bring her down and tell her that it's a wonderful show that features <laughs> crocheting, wool spinning and aeroplanes. And, sure. <laughs> and that you'll probably say, never will go. <laughs> can you mention one word in that f wording about Tim O'Marker? Yes. Actually, Shona and I and daughter and son-in-law went to that oh, about a couple of weeks back, and it's a magnificent display. Oh, the museum, yes. Oh, the it, museum, yes. It and really that, is. That, yeah, there's a couple of other um, heroes of New Zealand aviation. Um, uh, uh, Peter, oh, goodness me, you know, Sir Peter, um, uh, principally, he's he's got a lot of old aeroplanes, and he's rebuilt, uh, he's got the vintage uh, aviation company, I think, um, in... Um, Peter Jackson in, in Wellington that rebuilds uh, or recreates World War One aircraft. It's just Donald Fokker Eindecker. And he's got a number of planes up there in Omaha and now at uh, Hood Aerodrome in Masterton. And, of course, the um, a lot of the displays at the Omaha Museum were created by um, uh, Weta Workshops and and the sort of gifted team there. So yeah, it's an amazing, that's an amazing place too. If, uh, if any of your listeners haven't been, they should go, they should go to the Wanaka Air Show and the Omaka Muse Aviation Museum. Yes, they should. Yes, they should. Well, that's a positive <laughs> note to end our program. I didn't think we were going to get through my list, Jim, but you've done a magnificent <laughs> job. And oh, wow. thank you for your contribution this week and we'll catch up in a fortnight's time. Oh, a huge pleasure. Look forward to it, mate. You take care. Love to all your music listeners. Very well. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's my lot for today, but always remember to slip, slop, slap that sunscreen over your skin when you're out in the sun. And if you're out fishing or just boating, remember those life-saving hints like check the weather, have a means of communication, whether phone or radio, and wear a life jacket and enjoy life. Well, that's my lot for today. Remember where to tune in next week and we'll talk to you again. Kakiti and all. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.